So I have a big question today that I received from someone in the SFB email community Um, and it's a huge question and it was such an important question that I wanted to address because I think it's something, as I always do with these topics, that we all struggle with. And the question that the person asked was, how do I convince myself that I'm worth taking risks for? And honestly, this question stopped me in my tracks because for once in my life, it wasn't me asking that, it was someone else. And the question surprised me and I felt for that person at the same time because I really felt like I understood this person's pain because I have spent a lot of my time and energy throughout my life trying to negotiate and figure out my worth. But I think the surprise that I felt was also because, you know, despite not knowing the person behind the screen and not knowing anything else other than this question that they're asking, I really felt like I knew this person because I fully understood the struggle of trying to negotiate our worth and trying to convince ourselves that we're worthy of taking action and doing or achieving the things that we want in our lives. So today's question for this for this episode is, how do we convince ourselves we're worth taking risks for? Or more simply, we're going to look at how do we feel more worthy of anything in our lives or anything else in our lives. And these are action steps that I've taken that have helped me to feel more worthy and build a solid foundation of self-esteem, which has helped me to craft a more authentic life that I truly enjoy. So as I say with every episode, in the, especially for episodes where we're talking about such big topics, take what resonates and leave what doesn't. But I'm excited to get into this game-changing topic with you today. Hi there, and welcome to Searching for Better. I'm Julia, and I'm the blogger behind searchingforbetter.net, which is now the podcast. Searching for Better is all about exploring ideas on how to find our path in life and to live it wholeheartedly. So welcome to our show, and I really, really hope you enjoy it. Okay, so the first point step that I took personally when it came to discovering or rebuilding my self-worth was firstly to stop looking externally for my value. So when I look back six years ago, I see honestly just how much of my self-worth was based on what other people thought of me. The biggest reason for this was, and again, this was also in all the reflection that I've done about it, was that I really didn't trust my own thoughts about myself. I spent a lot of time, many years, looking outside to see what other people thought or said to determine who I was and what was right for me. And this is such a common experience for many of us as we try to navigate the world, especially as children, you know, when we spend a lot of our lives trying to do what we think our parents want us to do, or even as, you know, young adults, we're busy trying to fit into who society says we should be. And I think that we only really start to see the cracks when we realize that living in this way no longer serves us and it doesn't bring us happiness or we start to realize that it never did. And that was definitely something that I felt as I got older and started to realize more and more that I had no self-esteem, that I had no real sense of identity because I'd built up who I was based on what everyone else had thought. 
So three years ago, I really sat and looked at myself and this was especially for me a pivotal point because it was right after my brother passed away. I sat and looked at myself and saw just how much of my life was given away to external ideas and values, whether they were from family, friends, past experiences or society. And I also then understood why I was so miserable and how living this way had contributed to that. And it was a really interesting point in my life because I fully took responsibility for the fact that I was choosing to live by these values, but it wasn't like an anger or a disappointment. It was just an awareness, an objective awareness of, hey, I am currently in this situation where I'm not happy and these are the ideas that I'm living off and this is what's contributing to it and this is where I got these values from. Are these values from me or are these values from others? And I think that the biggest challenge is that once we start to seek our self-worth externally, we slowly, slowly give our voice away, which is definitely what happened to me over the years. And then eventually what happens is we can no longer tell between what's our voice or what's someone else's. So in helping to understand with this topic, I came across two really good examples that I thought of in my personal life, as well as a conversation that I'd had with someone that I know. And I want to share the two examples here of the difference between external value versus internal value and the difference between choosing our values versus allowing it to be chosen or choosing our self-esteem versus allowing it to be chosen. So the first is a personal story of my own that I realized recently how much I live by. So as a teenager, I used to have this thing where I used to stay in my room for hours and put outfits together and it was really my thing. Like I loved it and I would think of all the different ways to wear something and really enjoy the process of discovering how to make things look different just by, you know, a tiny change. And I distinctly remember one day I was at a friend's house and my friend had said to my mom, oh, you know, she's really good at this stuff. She should be a designer. And my mom turned around to her and said, she's not creative enough for that. Now, looking back on that memory, I can see why years after I turned to more analytical type subjects, I really let that creativeness go and I really inherited that value and attached that to my self-worth. So I would tell myself that I wasn't creative enough to do the things that I wanted to do. So I kind of let those passions go and instead I moved to areas where my self-worth would say, okay, this isn't creative, so you could probably do this. And these types of experiences would happen to so many of us. Our parents or friends would say something and we attach it to our self-worth and limit ourselves by us. And this is probably why the person that asked this question, you know, having to convince yourself implies that somewhere along the line, you got the idea that this wasn't possible for you or this isn't for you. And I think it's about questioning where that belief first began and how or why we attach that to our identity and our self-esteem. And this is an example of what happens when we allow our sense of self-worth to be chosen externally. And this was an idea that came to me or a memory that came to me as I was working through this question and figuring out how I changed and why I changed. And sometimes it's the smallest memory and the smallest moment that can really shift who we are. And that can be, you know, even though that can be something that can affect us in the long run, it's also a positive thing because it's only that tiny shift that will help us to change into who we want to be. So the second example is one I heard recently that honestly blew my mind. And just to make it simple, I'm going to refer to them as friend A and friend B. 
So friend A was talking to friend B about raising the price of their services as they have their own business. And friend B said to them not to do it, that it was a bit greedy and how much did friend A really need? Now, the part that struck me the most when I was being explained this story was friend A then said to friend B, that's, that's your limits, that's not mine. I don't choose to limit myself in this way. And if you do, that's fine, but I choose not to live my life like that and I'm going to end the conversation here. Now, the reason that this conversation struck me the most and especially helped me understand self-worth again in a different perspective was, you know, how easy would it have been for friend A to determine the value of their services and their own inherent value based on what friend B would say? Now, I do want to emphasize friend B is not a bad person, just like my mum isn't. It's just their way of thinking. But the point here is the difference between seeking and choosing our value internally versus externally. Friend A had chosen their own value internally. What happens here is when we do this, we take an action based on that. So for example, because they chose their own value internally, they decided to end the conversation. If, for example, they decided to accept that person's idea of their value, then maybe they wouldn't have raised their prices. And that, again, shows the difference between actions when we get our self-esteem externally versus internally. And what happens with self-esteem is it's a cycle. It continues to build each time we choose to make our decision, a decision, sorry, using our internal compass versus external situations or people. So for example, with friend A, they made a very clear decision, which would only then continue to build their self-esteem. So I think the, the first thing is to understand as well that in building our self-esteem, we really have to look at taking those small um, internal decisions that help us to build that self-esteem. It might not, not necessarily be there yet, but it's by making these decisions and choosing differently and being fully aware of where we currently place our self-esteem that the change can happen. So my first question for you on how to feel more worthy is to ask yourself, where does your worth come from? Do you work off your sense of values or ideas or your own sense of values or ideas? Or do you lean towards trusting the external to determine your sense of self-worth? For example, what your family might say or what your friends might say or what society might say. A great exercise I did when I was working through my own self-worth issues was listing down all the things I believed about myself and seeing where these beliefs or values had come from. Then what I did was I rewrote a list of my beliefs or values based on the person I wanted to be and the things I wanted to experience in my life. And every time I went to make a decision or action, I'd ask myself which list I was working from, the list where my self-worth was determined by others or the list I created for myself. And this is still very true today. I literally have a whiteboard with all my values on it. And this especially relates to me in this type of work. And I want this reader to know this because just because I do this work does not mean that it always comes from a place of confidence. Instead, I look at my values on my whiteboard and I remember that every day I want to choose my voice. I want to honor my ideas and my creativeness. And that's what happens. By, by having that value and living by that value, I'm building my self-esteem because I work off those values to take action. So friend A's behavior shows us what happens when we stop looking externally for self-worth and seeking instead from our own values and acting them out, which again goes back to the whiteboard idea, which I just mentioned to you about having our values on a whiteboard and working off those as our guidelines. 
Friend A's value would have been, I chose, I choose not to limit myself. So by owning that and living that, they were strengthening their own self-worth. And again, we can definitely see the difference between what happens when we act out on a value or belief that we've created and how that affects our self-worth versus living out of a value or belief that someone else has imposed on us or encouraged us and seeing how that affects our self-esteem or self-worth. I'm just going to use those interchangeably as well because for me, they, they imply the same thing. So the second step in the journey of self-esteem or building our self-worth and the reason that friend, friend A's behavior really stuck with me was because I realized another important point when it comes to learning how to feel more worthy. And that is how important it is to trust your thinking, your decisions, and your own knowingness. It's one thing to know something, but it's another thing to start trusting ourselves to be able to act on that knowing. So what is self-trust? And I want to get, uh, I'm using a definition from a book called The Six Pillars of Self-Esteem, which I would highly recommend if this is a question or something or self-worth is something that you struggle with. And I do think it's a challenge that we all have and a challenge that we're all meant to learn and grow from. It's a fantastic book and it's helped me to make some great changes in my life and understand to the changes that I was making and how they had helped me. So in um, his book, the author describes self-trust as, Not the certainty that we can never make an error. It is the conviction that we are able to think, to judge, to know, and to correct our errors. It is the trust in our mental processes and abilities. It's not the certainty that we will always be able to master any and every challenge that life presents. It is the conviction that we are capable in principle of learning what we need to learn and that we are committed to doing our rational and conscious best to master the tasks and challenges entailed by our values. It is deeper than confidence in our specific knowledge and skills based on past successes and accomplishments, although it is clearly nurtured by them. It is the confidence in what made it possible for us to acquire knowledge and skills to achieve success. It is confidence in our ability to think, in our consciousness, and how we choose to use it. It is, in tr- it is in trust in our processes, and as a consequence, a disposition to expect success for our efforts. Now, the reason that self-trust is so important is, and the reason I'm saying all of this, um, all these definitions, is because in a nutshell, you know, with self-trust, it's not about always being right. And I think that's something that we struggle with when it comes to self-worth and why we tend to give that away so easily, because we often trust that we will make mistakes. We will choose the wrong path. We Essentially, we don't trust ourselves to make the right decisions. But the reason that I, that I love this definition so much is because it's not about whether or not we make the right decision. It's about trusting in our ability to make change, to create choices, to change the way we go about things, to know that whatever happens to us, we have the ability to alter that outcome based on our skills, our knowledge, our experiences that we've gained for ourselves. And I think that's the key point. It's, you know, I think it's to the fact that we trust at the end, our ability to be able to think and to get out of the you know, any challenges or solve any challenges that we might have for ourselves. And this really reminds me of friend A because when they spoke about limits, they said that it wasn't that they thought that they could do everything. And this was the discussion that I had with them. 
but they said that they knew that when they put their mind to something, they could overcome any challenges and learn what they needed to learn. So they really had a lot of self-trust in themselves, which is such a foundational part of self-worth. When we take action from a place of trusting ourselves, you know, our processes, our ability to handle what comes our way, our self-worth also increases, which in turn helps us to act and feel more worthy. So that's the thing. It's not about convincing yourself that you're worth taking risks for. It's about trusting yourself to overcome the challenges and trusting that, trusting your thinking and your processes through those challenges. So part or part three or, or step three um, that to me is really important in helping us to build our self-esteem or our self-worth is the third important step, which is taking action on your thinking and on your decisions. You know, it's really one thing to know that we need to trust ourselves. And it's also another thing, you know, to know that we need to get our self-worth inherently and work off the values that are truly ours. But unless we take action on these things, our self-esteem probably won't change that much. And that's such a big thing for me because what happened was when I set, for example, those sister, uh, those set of values or beliefs, and when I started to really look at my life and where I was, I started taking action on that almost immediately. And it didn't happen overnight. It happened over the course of a couple of years. But slowly as I began to trust myself more and trust my own thinking process, I really started to build that foundation of self-esteem that I work off currently. So a really great quote from the six pillars of self-esteem, which relates to action is, if we wish to raise our level of self-worth, we need to act in ways that will cause it to rise. And this begins with a commitment to the value of our own person, which is then expressed through our congruent behavior. So again, goes back. It's one thing to know, okay, I need to trust the processes. I need to trust the fact that if a challenge arises, my, I will trust my ability to, or my, my thinking process to get myself out of it, to learn, to find success. But unless we act on that, it will not change our situation. You know, we can know our values. We can understand that our self-worth is something we need to generate internally. And we can understand that we need to trust our voice and our processes. But if we don't act on it, then our self-esteem, our our self-worth and our self-respect diminishes slowly. I love this quote by Nathaniel Brandon, which is the author of The Six Pillars of Self-Esteem, because it expresses all the previous points in a nutshell. When we decide to generate our self-worth internally by assessing our values and beliefs and choosing our own, what we're doing is taking a step towards developing our own person, our own sense of self. Step two is then about trusting our thinking to make decisions from this place. It's about trusting our knowingness and the values we've come up with to guide us. And we trust that those values will guide us. It's about trusting and allowing our own personal process and journey. And this builds a foundation for us to take authentic action. When we take that action, we're committing to this person we've decided to be. And when we act from this place, we're walking our talk. Each time we decide to walk our talk, we take another step to building our self-worth because we're choosing ourselves. So in going back to the examples, you know, friend A walks their talk. They choose their value and their, or their values, I should say. And one of them obviously was, I choose not to limit myself. And they trusted that they could overcome the challenges they needed to, to, to achieve what they wanted to achieve. 
And they walk their talk by setting those boundaries like they did with friend B by saying, no, that's your limit, not mine. And honoring their decisions by following through with them. So obviously they had decided to increase their prices, which is obviously great. And it obviously goes to show the effect that self-esteem can have. Because I know if for me, if I had to make a decision like that a couple of years ago, I probably would have listened to my family or my friends if they said not to do it. So I think whether it's learning how to feel more worthy, learning how to feel more self-love or learning how to believe you're worthy to take risks, the process is really the same and I think this can apply to every sort of situation in that respect. So again, going over the steps, I think to learn how to feel more worthy, we must first make the decision to choose our own worth internally instead of externally by looking at our beliefs and values and readjusting them to suit us and the person that we want to be. The second step is then learning to trust our process, our way of thinking and our decision making. And point three or step three is to walk our talk by committing to taking action on these beliefs, values, decisions and processes. So for example, this blog has definitely been a big test of self-esteem to me, especially the podcast, because it's taken me a lot to value my voice and to learn where I had a place and where I and who I wanted to show up and how I wanted to be. And by taking these steps and slowly becoming the person I've wanted to be and following through with the ideas that I have and trusting my voice and the processes that I have to get to this stage has been pivotal in, again, rebuilding my self-esteem. So to the person who asked me this question and to all of us who question our self-worth, which is a constant journey, you know, there's never a situation where we're fully always like sure of ourselves. It's always a learning process, always a journey. I do want to say it's not about convincing yourself of your worth because we're not here to trick ourselves or make ourselves believe something that isn't true. It's about taking ownership of our worth through our decisions, self-trust and action. And I really wanted to point that out because that was such a key point in this question for me when this person said, how do I convince myself? You don't have to convince yourself. You just have to put in the work or, you know, put in the self-reflection, create that awareness and help yourself to rebuild that foundation of what should truly be yours, which is your self-esteem. So I really hope that part of this or all of this episode resonated with you. This is something that is so important to helping us change our lives. Self-esteem is a foundation of our actions. And that's definitely something I've learned in my own journey. So as always, please take what resonates, leave what doesn't. Everybody's different and not all these ideas may, may work for you. Take what works for you, leave what doesn't. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you liked this episode. Um, and also, if you like this kind of content, I have decided to start a membership, which is a personal development community where we're going to go through topics like, like these, but actually work through these exercises together as a community, support each other, offer each other ideas. Making these changes can be really tough and it can be lonely when you're on this journey by yourself. So what I would really like to do is create a space where we can go to create those 
empowering life changes together where we can be inspired and at the same time inspire others to make the changes that we want in our lives. So if that is something that you're interested in, I'm going to attach a link below and that has the waiting list as well as a short survey which helps give me an idea on what people want out of a community and how we can create it together to make it something where we can find a bit more accountability and a bit more support in helping us to build the truest, most beautiful version of our own lives, which is something that I got from Glennon Doyle um, from her book Untamed, which I highly recommend. It's a great read. So thank you again for listening. Again, take what resonates, leave what doesn't, and I will catch you in the next episode.